Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kenzie Dzinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach, and this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. You guys, I'm so excited for this fall because we're going to dive into a concept that if you've listened to the podcast over the past year, you'll be vaguely familiar with. And that is John Gottman's concept of the sound marital house. What I plan to do throughout September and October is to share with you what each level of the sound marital house refers to and means in everyday life. And to do that, I've created a how-to episode for each level of the sound marital house to give you not just theory and not just a reference point for a research-based model for marriage, but to give you practical tools and takeaways to build a strong marriage yourself. But before we dive in, this episode is brought to you by Courageous Conversations. Courageous Conversations is a one-day workshop designed to enhance communication for couples. Not only does this interactive workshop provide the structure and skills you need to communicate effectively and problem-solve efficiently, but it also leaves couples feeling closer, more connected, and more on the same page than they were when they started. If you and your spouse would like to get in on this workshop this fall, simply visit bravemarriage.com slash courageous-conversations. Again, that's bravemarriage.com slash courageous-conversations. Okay, today's episode, forewarning, might get a little cheesy because as an introduction to this series, I want to take some time today to compare the quality of a marriage to the quality of a home as it's being built. And the reason I'm doing this is so that you can begin to build a mind map of sorts, which for those of you who've never heard of a mind map, is a memorization tool that's used to memorize a lot of material all at once or in a short amount of time. And while I'm not aiming for memorization here, don't worry, I am aiming for familiarity with the concepts as we dive into them over the next eight weeks. And I think doing it this way could be helpful. So my sister and brother-in-law have been essentially rebuilding a house for the past year or so. They bought a fixer-upper on three acres of land, and it's been my first exposure to the home-building process, even though they left the bones. So they stripped it down to the studs, they gutted it, and they've basically rebuilt it from there. But the first thing they did was pick out a piece of land, and granted, it already had a house on it, but they chose it because they saw the potential for it. It needed a ton of work, but it had gorgeous views, and they decided that's what they wanted. Not much different, may I point out, than choosing a partner. I mean, I'm really sorry to compare choosing a life partner to such a consumerist approach, but I do think you'll get the analogy. When choosing a mate, we essentially look at our options, see someone we like and who likes us back, We become friends with that someone and date him or her to see if we could be a good fit or if there's potential for a future there. And then ultimately, we say, no, thank you, I'll pass, or yes, please, this is who I want to marry. I choose him. I choose her. And hopefully, you'll both go into your marriage having already built upon a solid foundation, which according to Gottman, is friendship. So back to home building. When you go to pour the foundation of a home, it's incredibly important 
to make sure that the foundation is solid, that it's durable, and that it's level. Because if your foundation doesn't have these elements, all sorts of bad things can potentially happen. Sinking, shifting, structural compromise, water damage, drywall damage, etc. Basically, when you don't invest in the unseen, in the first steps, what do you really have to build upon? If your foundation isn't structurally sound, you can build the most beautiful house from the outside looking in, but all you'll have really done is make a money pit look good for a while. And I know that focusing on the foundation isn't necessarily glamorous or romantic, but it is a prerequisite to creating something that's both beautiful and lasting. Same is true in making sure that, relationally, your foundation is friendship. Now, there are three levels that make up a couple's friendship. Building love maps, sharing fondness and admiration, and turning toward your partner instead of away. So I want you to imagine a house with three stories, a basement, first level, and second level. At the basement level, the focus is on creating what Gottman calls love maps. And love maps are essentially mental pathways that couples create to make room for each other in their relationship and their minds. What building love maps at this basement level does is allow for the couple to be fully known and then fully loved because it doesn't work the other way around. And doing so cultivates deeper friendship and deeper intimacy. Now, moving upstairs to the first level, the focus is on sharing fondness and admiration for one another. At this level, it's all about the way you treat each other and view each other, and it all depends on the time you took downstairs to fully know and fully love one another. So the quality of time you spent getting to know each other and appreciating each other will determine the degree to which you naturally share fondness and admiration. Again, at the basement level, you've built love maps. On the first level, you share fondness and admiration. And moving upstairs to the second level, you learn to turn toward your partner instead of away. And I'll explain in more depth what turning toward instead of away means on a future episode. But what you need to know for now is that these three elements, or these three floors, make up the marital friendship. Now, once you've laid the foundation of the house, the next step in the home building process is framing. Framing gives a house its shape and structure, and maritally speaking, it's your commitment to each other and to your marriage that gives your relationship its shape and structure. Think about the couples you know. There are some couples who are committed to each other, but not to marriage itself. And there are some couples who are committed to the construct of marriage, but not committed to each other. And we'll talk more about this on an upcoming episode, but a healthy marriage has to have both. One without the other is like taking out a wall, part of the framing, right? Without realizing that it's load-bearing. And if a load-bearing wall is missing, you may not notice its effects at first. But slowly and surely, you will. Your ceiling may begin to cave, your floors may begin to sag, and your drywall may begin to crack. And it's because that load-bearing wall was crucial to supporting the rest of the house. Without it, it's structurally unsound or unstable. Same is true of a relationship without commitment to each other and to the marriage itself. So you've built your foundation, you've framed out your house, 
And the next step is working on the plumbing, electrical, and HVAC. Without these elements, a house isn't functional. I mean, it's suitable for shelter, but not for daily living. And most of this goes unseen, right? The plumbing in your house is mostly hidden under cabinets, runs inside your walls, and the same is true of the electrical wiring and ductwork. But it's what gives the house life. Are you following me here? When these things are installed improperly, the utilities don't work as they were intended to. On the front end, the plumbing may leak or the electrical may not be connected. But what's more is that over time, because these things need to be maintained, the plumbing may get clogged and create major damage and haphazard wiring could start an electrical fire. Any guesses as to what I'm about to compare a home's HVAC plumbing and electrical to? Trust. Contrary to what most people think, trust is very dynamic. It's not static. And if a couple has trust issues that were never installed properly from the start, if you will, or if a marriage hasn't maintained various aspects of trust over time, the marriage will either silently break down as mistrust builds up, or it will catch fire, seemingly all at once. And unfortunately, the former often goes unrecognized until the latter happens. So wired all throughout a strong marriage that's woven into a solid friendship and sound commitment is trust. Now, once you have everything wired within the walls, you can then pack in your insulation. And what insulation does is it helps a home conserve energy by reducing the exchange of heat flowing in and out of the home. So the better insulated your house is, the less energy that's required to keep the temperature of your home comfortable and consistent. Insulation, then, is analogous with what Gottman calls positive sentiment override. Positive sentiment override is defined as viewing the overarching narrative of your relationship from a positive lens. So, when you're focused on building your friendship, commitment, and trust with one another, positive sentiment override is automatically there. It's built in. It's packed into the walls, right? And what it does is it helps you conserve emotional energy so that when your spouse is less than perfect, positive sentiment override kicks in and allows you to give your spouse the benefit of the doubt because overall you view your relationship positively and you know your spouse means well even when he or she is snippy or has a moment of weakness. Positive sentiment override insulates your relationship from wasteful emotional energy, and it's what allows couples to communicate, deal with conflict, and show each other grace for the trivial stuff way more easily than when negative sentiment override is automatically there because of a lack of investment in previous stages of the marriage building process. And again, we'll get into this more in an upcoming episode. So moving right along, I want you to think of communication as the interior walls of your house. There's a particular way that drywall should be hung in order not to crack or look patchy. Just like there's a particular way that communication should happen so that both of you are clear, respectful, and fully understood, therefore avoiding miscommunication. And if communication is analogous to the interior finish, then conflict is analogous to interior design. 
So stick with me here. I know I'm moving through this quickly, but the point of interior design is to create a certain look and function within a house to make it compatible, operational, and pleasant to live in for those who inhabit the space. And it's the two people living there who get to choose what they want and what they don't want, from built-ins to fixtures to furniture to home decor. And the goal in designing a functional, comfortable space is for both people who live there to enjoy it. The interior design, therefore, needs to be a win-win for both people in the relationship in order for each of them to feel valued and like their opinion matters. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that everything is split right down the middle or that the strengths of each partner aren't considered when making such choices. It just means that both spouses feel like they have a say, that they're seen, and that both of their needs, wants, and desires are equally represented. Now, this is the good part. I would say that when a couple achieves this level of functioning together, when they've invested in the unseen elements and they've come together to make mutually satisfying decisions about the visible elements of their home, well, then the rest is just fun. It's then that they can invite other people into their home to enjoy it right alongside them. They can feel proud of what they've built together, knowing that what others see and what they don't see are both solid. They've invested in their friendship. They've prioritized their trust and commitment. They've learned how to communicate correctly and how to accept each other's influence to solve problems and work through conflict. And in doing so, they've conserved a ton of emotional energy because of positive sentiment override. So now, what's left to build? is a life together. Their dreams, their family, their legacy. A couple's life dreams then, I would say, are the exterior finish of the house, including the doors and windows. The outside of a sound marital house is what a couple chooses to present to the world. It's how they choose to show up in it. The doors represent who and what a couple chooses to invite into their lives versus what's kept out. And the windows represent what they're willing to expose themselves to and for how long. What I mean by that is, while life dreams may be there, whether that's to build a family or a business or a career, it's a couple's choice regarding when, where, and for how long those life dreams get played out. Those doors and windows might be shut in certain seasons of life, or they may be wide open in others. But at the end of the day, it's the couple who gets to choose, right? And finally, the last element that Gottman talks about regarding the sound marital house is creating shared meaning. And I'm likening that process to putting the roof on the house because whatever happens inside, within those walls, each and every day is what creates the legacy that that particular home and that particular couple will leave. All right, so there you have it. I hope you now have a mental image or a mind map of how to build a strong marriage and in what order. Your action step for today is to download a copy of Gottman's Sound Marital House and hang it on your fridge or somewhere in your home so that you can keep it front of mind as we work through upcoming how-to episodes for each particular level involved. And you can simply Google Gottman's Sound Marital House or I'll have a link to that in the show notes. And my prayer for our marriages this week is that by wisdom, 
we would build our homes and that by understanding, they would be established. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Love is not a battle Love is not a bond Love is just as fragile